Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding will come forth in and through your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. This evening, this dropped in my heart to, to share with all of us here. And I want you to take it very serious. There are things I am going to be sharing that would help us. And I call it self-examination, the key to maximum productivity. Self-examination, the key to maximum productivity. Now, although this message is applicable to everybody and anybody who listens, but I'm speaking to us men for one reason. Most times, as men, we just assume the fact that because we are men, we are always correct. It's an assumption. It comes, it comes with it's, it's the male ego. So, you know, because of that, you discover that a lot of men can make mistakes in their life and never correct themselves. Are you following this? You see, so as a man, by default, you almost have an approach towards life that you can't be wrong. And you see, that approach fundamentally, it makes a lot of men not to produce maximally because they don't self-introspect. They don't, they don't check back. And that's why I discovered that a man can make a mistake and keep making that mistake and keep making that mistake and keep making that mistake because his ego will not allow him to ask what honest questions. So I want to use an example. Go to Luke chapter 15. Self-examination, the key to maximum productivity. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11 to 32. You've got to follow me because there's a lot of content here that I want to drop in 45 minutes Luke 15 verse 11 to 32 you know the story of the prodigal son but I want us to read it together and he said a man had two sons the younger of them said to his father father give me the share of the estate that falls to me so he divided his wealth between them and that's the prayer we pray that you will pray that you will have children that would maintain the foundation you have laid not children that will scatter your inheritance Hmm? That's why training your children is key. Because whatever you have labored for, it is the foundation your children carry that will determine if that wealth will either be managed, multiplied, or destroyed. Are you following this now? So he says, And not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together, went on a journey into a distant country, and there he squandered his estate with loose living. Squandered it with loose living. So, loose living squanders potentials. Living without discipline squanders wealth. Loose living will squander your financial wealth. As a man, you cannot be loose. You've got to be disciplined financially. Listen guys, I'm sharing my heart with you guys tonight. You know, we can always ask the women for accounts. But you know... The women don't ask us for accounts. Hello? Am I speaking? You say, ah, what is it? What, what is it? What do you want? So, so that means if you don't make yourself accountable, you can actually waste your wealth. Because as a man, nobody's going to ask you to give accounts. Your father will not ask you to give, give accounts. I will not ask you to give accounts. Your wife might likely not ask you to give accounts. So it, it, it places a demand on you to be accountable by choice. Which most men are not. You are going to hear some hard things tonight. Which most men are not. Most men, their finances are messed up. If you ask them, bring the account of how much you got last month. They cannot. And you know why? It's riotous living. Squanderous living. 
And that's why I say, by default, a man is set up for failure if he does not put systems in his life. Because nobody will be able to question you. I mean, all you will just tell your wife, are you people hungry? You say, no. <laughs> so, if I'm not managing money well. So, but you know that there can be food in the house and money yet is not managed properly. Because the money God has given to you is not only to provide food. It's to multiply. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Okay, let's read on. It says, Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. Began to be in lack. So he went and hired himself unto one of the citizens of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pots and the swine were eating. And no one was giving anything to him. This is a lesson you must learn in your life. If you waste your money, nobody is going to look after you. Let me tell you, as all of us are seated in this hall, you are on your own. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, tell yourself every time when you look at yourself in the mirror. If you like, spend for everybody in this world. When things go bad, nobody will... See, the scripture teaches us wisdom. This is the wisdom in scripture. It says nobody gave him anything. The question is, where were all the people that this prodigal son was spending the money with? So, if you live your life for the public, if you live your life just for others, if you live your life squandering your money, when you are in want, there will be nobody to help you. People share wealth. They don't share poverty. Do you understand? So, when you are wealthy, people will be there. When you are poor, you will be alone. So, have sense while you are yet rich. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Look at it. It says, But when he came to his senses, that means all this living this guy was living was without his senses. Because if he had his senses, if your father has given you half of his wealth, there's no reason to be poor. Some of you are here, the kind of jobs you have tasted, you are not supposed to be poor. Some of the kind of money that has entered your hand, you're not supposed to be where you are. But the problem is you lack self-examination. Are you hearing this? <laughs> Look at this here. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? But I'm dying here with hunger. I will get up and go to my father. And we say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired servants. So he got up and came to his father. You know the story. But he came to his senses by asking the right questions. You can make decisions that end up not right, even though you have results at the beginning. He decided that his father's wealth should be divided and given to him. It looked like he has made the right decision, but that decision, afterwards, when he decided to leave and go on that journey, even though he was spending money, it looked like a right decision in the beginning, but the end, it wasn't the right decision. So Proverbs chapter 14 verse 2 says, There is a part... Before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. Pay attention to that. In life, as a man, you don't do what seems right. You do what is right. Because what seems right can end where? In death. That's what happened. When he took the money and left his father's house, it seemed right, right? Yeah. He started spending the money. It seemed right, right? But what happened? That part that seemed right was the part of death. If we start, if you go somewhere now and you start buying food and doing stuff, it will look right. People will heal you. But the end is death. So, your decisions will determine your destiny. The future 
of your children, the future of your family, the future of your life is based on decisions that are right, not just what seems right. Decisions that are right. Decisions that are right. You realize that as a man, you are carrying a lot of pressure. You have to look after your family. You have to look after your extended family. You have to be committed here and there. So, your decisions must be precise. Decisions must be precise. And realize this. Every passing day, you are getting older. Every passing day. There is no day that you wake up and you are getting younger. So, what now happens is that as your children are catching up with you, your face is changing. There, was, there were some people who were paying their school fees. So, so I told them, I said, now that we are supporting you, go to school quickly and pass quickly. Because by the time our children come up, it's not as if we are saying we will be poorer, but the resources will be divided. Now, I can afford to send my child to a school of 20,000 and he would have quality primary education. Do you understand? You don't expect me to send my son to a university where, I mean, maybe a 50,000 university where the provost... Do, do you understand that? So by the time he's going to school, wisdom demands that he becomes my priority. So that means that for the season he's in primary school, there are certain extended family members I can be of a blessing to. But once that season shifts... Let me tell you here, there is no reason why your children should, people are resuming school, your children shouldn't resume school. Don't think it's a normal way of living. It's not normal. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That means before they go on vacation, you should be one of the parents where if they are confused about who has paid and who has not paid, they should say, don't leave him first. Let's confirm. Let it not be the one that, oh, no, no, don't worry. They, they don't usually pay. Drive him first. We, we, we know. <laughs> I mean, don't, don't, no, no, I'm telling you, no. There are certain things in your life that must become priority. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Burying a dead person and training a living person, training a living person should be a priority to you. A living dog is better than a dead lion. Because we have people here who will contribute for funerals and have not paid children's school fees. It's not wisdom. The person who is dying, even if it's your mother, is dead. He can't pursue you. Focus on the person who is alive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not that you waste money for funeral and then children are at home. It is robbing the future to bury the past. And these are the mindsets we have to change. These are the mindsets we have to renew our mind where that is concerned. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, Proverbs 19 verse 3, the good news translation says, Some people ruin themselves by their own stupid actions and then they blame the Lord. This verse of scripture changed my life. It says some people ruin their lives by what? Their stupid actions and then what? Then they blame the Lord. Oh God, why is my life like this? How should it be? No, how should it be that your life should not be like this? You've made all the wrong decisions. You still want to have a fruitful life. Praise God. Are you learning something? Don't blame God when you make the wrong decisions. Don't take stupid decisions and blame God for the outcome. This young man took his father's wealth, wasted it. He didn't blame God. He said, I've sinned. Instead of blaming God, admit your mistake and start the path of restoration. Start the path of recovery. No need to look at your past. No need to blame your past. Focus on recovery. Focus on recovery. 
I was talking to one of the young men in church today before the meeting started, and I asked him one question. What's the big picture for your life? What is the... Every single part of your life should fit into that big picture. What are you driving at? Your family, who you marry, when you marry, what you do should fit into that big picture. What's driving your home? The number of children you have is not by how many times you can have sex. Is by your decision on how you want your life and your family to go. You can't have six children and now blame God. After having six children, seven children, say, oh God, look at us. Oh, how will he look, look at you people? That, do you know how many people God is seeing? God is seeing seven billion people once. He says, as God brought them, that is how we reproduce them. Thank God for you. Have you seen where God went to pay school fees for anybody before? Eh? Have you gone to school? And I say, I say, oh no, the Lord just paid your child's school fees. No. You see, you can't live your life at the mercy of other people's goodwill. You can't live a life in such a way that if someone is not good to me, then I can't get something done. No, don't live that way. Let everybody's goodwill be extra to what you already have proposed. You know, when I was starting out in ministry, one day a man came to me. Very good man. He took us somewhere. Took us to one house. He said, you must just stay in this house. The house was very expensive. I said, no. Thank you very much, sir. He said, no, no, we'll pay. So I asked him, after the first one year, who pays the second year? He said, no, before then, God will provide. I said, no, when he provides, we will move. I didn't move. I didn't move. People can't offer you what will destroy you. Oh, my uncle, my uncle just said, my uncle just said, eh, we should now go and stay in four-bedroom flats. Then you now move to four-bedroom flats. After one year, your uncle's number is not going through. Then you now move from four-bedroom flats back to... You see, in life, learn to reject offers that will put you under pressure. When we're building this personage, Oh, some people suggested, ah, Pastor, let's make this thing upstairs. I said, no. My faith, my faith is for a downhouse. That's where my faith can carry. There are certain things we're doing in the offices. I said, see, I've finished using my faith. I don't have extra faith for this thing. You have to be honest with yourself. This one, I cannot carry it. This one, I can. People can't applaud you to your own destruction. People can't give you suggestion to your own failure. Are you following what I'm saying? Oh, this is what men are doing. No, it's not what men are doing. It's what I can do. Oh, these are the school my children can go to. These are the... They, do you understand? This is where we... You just go by your pace. So you don't end up blaming God. Many people blame God when they should not. Are you following this now? Socrates, a philosopher, said, An unexamined life is not worth living. An unexamined life is not worth living. Look at what Socrates said. He said, Simply eating, sleeping, working, and procreating, that's having sex, cannot distinguish us from animals. So if your life is about sleeping, eating, having sex, <laughs> Going to work, coming back. He said, you are not different from an animal. What makes you different is what? Your ability to think and to examine those actions. Because that's what... What does a dog do? Typical dog. Eh? He goes to work at night. Now, have you He will guard the compound at night. Eat. And sleep with the female dog. And give birth to children. So how is that different from our own life? That's what Socrates is saying. Socrates is saying is that if we don't examine our lives... We're practically no different from animals. We have the same routine. And funny enough, some people have the same routine. They sleep, wake up, do what they want to do. Like that, they don't think of their life. Do you know, every single day in that company that you are working is one day to retirement. Every single day. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Every single day is one day to what? To retirement. Every if you get up on Monday now, and go to work is one day from retirement. 
That's why you see that, for instance, if you belong to the civil service, from the day they employ you, they give you a pension scheme. Right? So every day you are working, you are working towards your pension. So it's like starting with the end in mind. Now look at this. 1 Corinthians 13, 11, 31 says, But if we would examine ourselves, we will not be judged by God in this way. So Paul encourages us to examine ourselves. That's what I want you to do. That's what, I want to stir your heart to examine yourself. Hmm? If we examine ourselves, we will not... 1 Corinthians eleven thirty one. If we would examine ourselves first, we will not come under God's judgment. There is a place of self-examination. Everybody says self-examination. And in that place, you are honest to yourself. You are honest to yourself. You are examining yourself. You are examining your finances. One day, I... Some people used to bless me with a particular amount every month. At the end of one year, I just calculated the money. And I said, what, what did I do with this money? I just said, what did I do with it? It was a particular moment, maybe 40,000 or something, maybe. But I, I, I could not. So I saw an advert by a friend of ours about an estate in Lagos. They, they had this small, you know, outside Lagos actually. They had this small plots of land they were selling. And they said, oh, you can pay 40,000 every month for it. And maybe in one year and a half or something, you complete pay. Maybe the land was maybe 600000 or thereabouts or something. Maybe in two years, you can pay it off and everything. So I just decided, oh, I'm going to be doing that. So whenever that money came, I just sent it there. Do you realize, after a while, they called me that, oh, you finished paying for the land. Then I calculated, since when they started giving that money, I now realize how many lands I have eaten. Now, it, the money looked small, but because there was no big picture, there was no goal. Are, are, you, following, are you following what I'm saying? If you calculate how much you have earned since you started working till date, you realize that you are not a poor person. You must learn to check your inflow and your outflow. You must learn it. Hmm? It. Nobody will ask you for account. Your wife will not. I will not. But put yourself under self-examination. So I'm saying, oh, but I'm not using my money anyhow. I'm using it to help people. Don't help people until you become the one who needs help. You are not Jehovah Jireh. You are a human being. You know you can help until at the end of your life you are not the one who needs help. You know you can live like that way like that. Oh, people are messless. You, do, has anybody that you have been helping call you and say, thank you very much. You've been helping me for the past two years. I think it's okay. Have you received that kind of call? <laughs> you will never receive it. So it's you that have to tell yourself, it's okay. Hmm? You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying be wicked. I'm saying be prudent. Are you hearing? If we didn't live that way as a ministry, we would be putting you under pressure to give every Sunday. Why do you think as a ministry we can carry on a building project and nobody's under stress? It's because when some people come and ask us for help, we say, sorry, we cannot. We cannot. We can pray for you, but we don't. We can't. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If not, we will carry all the money, all the tithe and the offering. It's not enough to solve some people's problem. Oh, in Finima, someone met me one time when we had church there. Met me one time that he's going to bury his father. That if he's only goats, the church can buy for him. I'm telling you, after service, if we can just buy goats. <laughs> I said, well, we can't buy goats. Yeah, I'm telling you. Are you following what I'm saying? So even as a pastor, if I don't examine how the finances of this ministry is going, every day on this pulpit I'll preach about money. Praise God. Ask yourself the right and honest questions. Number one, 
Have I been prudent with my finances? Have I made the right choice where money is concerned? Have I made the right choice where money is concerned? Why did I put this first? Because it's one of the biggest things. We get up every day and go to work. We work for this money. We labor for this money. Are you making the right decisions where finances are concerned? You can work in a good company and still be indebted. And let me tell you, if there's something you must avoid very early in your life, is debts. Some of you grew up in homes where debt is common. They even use you to go and collect some of the debts. Say, go and meet uh, your uncle to give us, we'll pay back later. Hmm? Don't think it's a normal way of living. And today, there are a lot of debt companies. Listen, make up your minds to live debt free. Make up. You see, debt is also an addiction that people get used to. Even people working in big companies. We're not talking about people who don't have. It just, they see borrowing as a way of life and they just engage in it. You realize that you are working in the, com- in the same company with someone, earning the same amount of money. You might even have a family and they don't and they are still borrowing money from you. And most times, people borrow money for things that are not essential. There is your size per time. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? I believe that a man can live debt free. Right from when we didn't have anything up till today, we've been, we've done without, without owing anybody. So don't, I know there are some of you here who is a way of life. Hmm? Stop it. It's not a normal way of life. It's abnormal. Don't get used to it. Some are so used to it that all your salaries, eh? And what makes debt painful is that you see the money come through your account like this and they will cut it. See it come through your account, they will cut it. See it come through your account, they will cut it. Some of you don't have salary this year already. You have finished this year. Hmm? It's easy. Borrowing money is easy. Don't take the easy route. Three things you must prioritize. Prioritize your rent. Even if you have paid your rent, be saving as if you have not paid. Prioritize your rent. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Prioritize your children's school fees and food. These three things, don't joke with them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you, have, if you are married, if you are not married, prioritize your rent. <laughs> prioritize your food. And then your investment for your future. If you have a girlfriend, make sure that you are get, preparing to get married. Eh? And be saving for the marriage. Because it's more expensive to take care of a girlfriend than a wife. That's the truth. And some people feel, I don't have enough money to get married. And they are taking care of girls two years, three years. What is different? You buy clothes, you buy phone, you buy, you should be slapped. There are things you should not buy for someone until, in fact, I don't know, I don't know how I'll talk about that, but you know, men like to waste their time, their emotions. Wasted. Wasted life. People are progressing. You are just busy saying, that's my girl. That's my girl. That's my girl. Using somebody's daughter as your screensaver. You, you know, you, you, your future is mangled. When are you getting married? I'm not sure. How much have you wasted in that relationship? Hundreds of thousands. Lands. Houses. Your own phone, the screen is not good. You bought... You bought iPhone for someone so that they will not they will not take the girl from you. You see your life. <laughs> you know they are not a Christian, are they? <laughs> they are not a believer. That's that's devilish wisdom. Hmm? Don't live that way. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't live that way. It destroys kings. You know, Solomon says, do not give wine to kings and do not give your parts to the way of women. He says, it destroys kings. That means it ruins potential. Nobody lives that way and makes a headway in life. Nobody. 
There are pathways of kings. There are discipline. You see, let me tell you, and I'm going to read it. I pray I get it. I'm going to read it. If you are not hard on yourself, life will be hard on you. There's nobody who excels that's not hard on themselves. Nobody. There's no champion. There's no leader. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's no wealthy man who is truly wealthy who is not hard on himself. If you take your life easy, you will fail. This world was not designed. There are no easy routes. Forget about the culture we are in where some people will come and steal money and flaunt money. You know, that's abnormal. We're not talking about that. If you want to make your money right, if you want to live a right life, it's hard work. Number two, your relationship. Ask yourself, my proximity to these persons, would feelings generate... Am I willing to be married to this kind of person? I'm always of the opinion that if you will not get married to someone, there are certain levels of boundaries that should not be crossed. Because once your emotions go over, logic will be disappointed. You don't want to marry this person. All of you, you are always together with the person. You are always in the person's house. Eh? Even people in the compound think both of you are going out. You know, he says, it's nothing, no, we are just friends. It's nothing, no, we are just friends. That's how fornication spreads. There are boundaries you should have. There are times, listen to me, hear me well, and I want to bear my heart to you. There are times people of the opposite sex should not be in your room. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You say we are adults. It's not children that have sex. There are times people of the opposite sex should not be in your room. It is personal discipline. There are times you should not visit people of the opposite sex. There are conversations you should not have at certain times of the night. Be disciplined. Don't throw your emotions out there. And then tomorrow to pull them back will be a challenge. You should have your boundaries. I've been a victim of this. I share my heart with you. At times, you say, oh, there's nothing. Before you know, your emotions have gone over. To drag it back is a problem. Nobody falls in love with an enemy. You know why? Because there are boundaries between you and your enemy. Hmm? So the first question, if you are not married here, this person I am close to, will, do I want to marry this person? question is, no, I don't want to. Okay. There's nothing bad in having friends of the opposite sex. You should, so that you learn to relate. Then there are certain boundaries. You know, I posted something. If you look at our pre-wedding pictures today, I don't know whether those ones are pre-wedding pictures. They are closer than married people. These lines we keep blurring will come back to haunt us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You must draw that line relationship lines and why it is good you learn it now is if you don't learn it now even when you get married it becomes an issue are you hearing what I'm saying it will also become listen nothing you are doing now will stop when you are married you will continue it so this is the time to give yourself what the required discipline to preserve your home If no, set the right boundaries on time. Your emotions will make it difficult when it's time to pull out and you will short-circuit your destiny. This is very important. I will not overemphasize this, but this is very important. Hmm? Young people that are not married, and even if you're married, what are your boundaries? There are certain visitations you should not have. There are certain things that should not be done. We, we have to fulfill destiny. We can't fail. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We have to fulfill destiny. Number three. Have I made the right choices where my spiritual life is concerned? You look at your spiritual life. Have you made the right choices? Have you made the right choices where your spiritual life is concerned? Are you studying? Are you praying? Are you fasting? Are you a spiritual man? When battles come against your home, when tribulations come against your home, are you a spiritual man? Are you sound? Are you strong? 
Praise God. Are you sound spiritually? Are you feeding your spirit? There are things that will come up that money cannot serve. It has to be a man of a strong spirit. Let's go quickly. Number th- three. Okay, number four. Have I made the right choices in my association? No friend will leave you the same. They are either foiling your spiritual life or they are draining you. There are no neutral gears in the journey of life. There are no neutral gears in the journey of life. It's either you're going forward or you're coming backward. All your friends, are they helping your spiritual life or they are draining you back? Are they helping you? Are they building you towards tomorrow? They're pulling you back. Hmm? Don't be afraid to cut off from anybody who is not supporting your future. Don't be afraid to cut off from anybody who is not supporting your destiny. Life is too serious to waste it on wrong associations. He that walks with the wise will be wise and a companion of fools will be destroyed. Your companions will determine if you are destroyed or if you are wise. If there is anything I am careful about in this my life, it is the choice of people I call my friends. Friends influence you without knowing. Friends influence you in a subtle way. The influence of friends is never obvious until disaster or building has come. You would not know someone had influenced you until the results are shown. Every great destiny is a product of great influence. Every failed destiny is a product of failed influence. Are you still here? Number five. Have I made the right choice in my personal development or my study life? Are you studying? Are you reading to become better? Have you made the right decisions in your personal development? Why don't you take out one hour in a day and read? Buy books. Get materials. Get better. Increase your value proportions. Increase your value in your career, in your marketplace, where you are. Let me tell you, the library you build today is what your children will feed on. Today, my children walk into my office and they pick book. They walk into my office and they pick book. It's the library you build today that your children will do what? Feed on. What does it take to build a library? One book a month. One book a month. We have a good bookshop here. Just buy one. Start reading. Hmm? And keep. I challenge you. Read at least one book a month. At least. All you need to do, put off your phone one hour before you go to bed. And read. You will become better. Your confidence will go higher. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you grow up in the if, if you grew up before you got born again in the beer parlor, you know that in the beer parlor everybody's correct. You say, say, okay, we don't agree, we don't agree. Hey, Shema, you are correct, you are correct. So you can, you can grow with that mindset that you know a lot. But the challenge is that your knowledge is limited within drunkards. So it's not processed. So they'll just, I, I mean, so that they won't quarrel. Everybody will say, you are correct. Ah, Shema, you are correct, you are correct. And that's all. So you will just go with the mindset that, ah, they respect me. When I say anything, they will say I'm correct. It's your foolishness, they are endorsing. So, if you are now a believer, you have to renew your mind. And renewing your mind takes time and effort. Are you following this now? Come on, I said, are you following this? Alright. Now, number six, your career and your job. Are you good enough in that your job? Are you good enough? Are you qualified? Let me speak to my brothers from this, this community. If this was not your community, would anybody give you a job? Are you good enough? Or you are just giving a job because we have to give indigenous 30%. Listen, even if you got into the job like that, develop yourself so that you come to a place where if they have to drop everybody, they will keep you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? Develop yourself. Even if they gave you a job because you are from this town. Come to the point where if people walk with you, they'll say, listen, whether this person is from this town or not, he is qualified. 
Go for your certifications. Don't be lazy. Don't sit around. Things can change. You can be so good, they pick you from here and take you somewhere else. The people they are sending abroad to go for cross postings, are they not human beings like you? Don't be satisfied with just being at the grand layer of your career. Aim for the top. Hmm? Because they pay you a few hundred thousand. You buy LED. You put AC. Eh? Buy rug. Work overall. You put helmet. You now use helmet as an album, album on your wall. All kinds of helmets. Say, ah, in 2000, I work for this company. So the helmets they gave me. In 14, I work for this company. You have helmets everywhere. No. There's a life beyond that. As you are here, you can earn much more if you pour into yourself. If there are certifications along the lines of your job, get everyone that's involved. If there are trainings, don't run away from them. Go for them. Don't run from the hardest task. Go for the hardest task. You are a child of God. Your spirit can expand. Are you following this? If they are to retain one person in your firm, would that be you? Are you very good because there are no competition? You know someone can be good because there is no competition. What are the benchmarks and the standards you have set for yourself? Are you just a local champion? Are you good in such a way that when they take you to Portacourt, then you are useless? Are you good because you are walking amongst mediocres? Are you good because you are walking among lazy people? They say in the eyes of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. Are you the one-eyed man in the eyes, in the land of the blind? Or you are a king in the land where people are seen with both eyes? Everything we do in this ministry, that's why when you come, we set it against global standards. That's the truth. Our office operations, our accounting system, we, we set it, we don't just, oh, it's Nigeria. No, that's not what we do. Everything is set at a standard that if you have to transport this ministry from here to any nation in the world, it will be compliance. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Number seven, are you living biblical, by biblical values? Is the word of God your guide or what is trending? The scripture says in Proverbs 20 verse 6 that every man can proclaim his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find do you have values? Are you somebody we can trust? If you speak a word, can you be trusted? Do you have integrity? Are you an excellent man? Are you a faithful man? And we all have to look at ourselves. And areas where we are not, listen, we have to go back to the drawing board and decide that we'll be faithful men. Let your boss be able to trust you. Let your wife be able to trust you. Let your staff be able to trust you. And if there are areas where, they are not, where you've broken trust, you go back and rebuild. There's no need to fight anybody. You go back and set your values. And you see what? Give yourself time and rebuild that trust. Are you a faithful man? Are you using your time wisely? With your choices, are you redeeming time? Are you buying back time? Ephesians 5.16 Are you using your time wisely? Are you spending time with your children when you should? Are you reading when you should? Are you praying when you should? We live in a busy world. If we don't plan our time, we would have time for non-essentials. So every man must be good with time management. Are you still here? It's a lot of content. We'll soon be done. After asking yourself these eight questions, the next word is responsibility. Responsibility. Write that word down in capital letters. Responsibility. And a man said, responsibility is the prize of greatness. If you want to be great, you have to take responsibility for your life. Take responsibility for your life. 
Nobody in this life owes you anything. Nobody. Don't go about life with a sense of entitlement. You know sometimes, eh? That's why even pastors sometimes can be frustrated. See, look at all of you parking cars. Parking cars. And I am trekking. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> you see? But rather develop yourself to the point that when you are a blessing to the people of their own volition, they will be of a blessing to you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See? So, as a pastor, you don't look to your congregation. You keep working on yourself. You keep working on yourself. And the doors will open. Hmm? Keep working on yourself. I've written 13 books. We're releasing a new book next month. We'll, re- we'll release three new books this year. And those books are a blessing to people all over the world. As I travel everywhere. You don't have to look up to your people. There are things you can do. Are you here? Live this life as if you're alone. You know, I'm a pastor's child. But when I got into ministry, I entered ministry like I didn't have a father. That's the truth. Yeah, and in my mind, I just thought that my father is dead. So how will I live? So I never walked in this ministry like my dad started it. That's why sometimes people inbox my dad and ask him if he's my brother. They would ask him, are you with no one pastor? Are you his brother? He said, that's my first son. There are nations I've gone to that my dad hasn't gone to. There are nations that people know me first before they know him. You can't wait for platforms in life. Go to where they buy wood. Where they sell wood. Where they sell nail. Where they sell hammer. Buy wood. Buy nail. Buy hammer and nail your platform. When I came into this town to plant, plant church, I didn't wait for anybody to invite me. I started Girls and Guys. I was paying for Hotel Tel Aviv, 10,000 naira per service. We started Girls and Guys every month. We're having 60 to 70 singles forum. Young people coming for that meeting. I've never waited for anybody to invite me. If I want to do any program now, I will do it. I don't wait for, oh, there are no open doors. No, he has given us the key of the kingdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't, what I'm trying to tell you is responsibility. Stop blaming anybody for your life. Oh, my father did this to me. Is he still doing it to you? You're old enough to take responsibility. None of us here is a baby. If you know, and as I tell you, if you know you came from a background that's not too good, your work is two times harder. Eh? You came from a background where your father couldn't send you to a good school. So you went to a school where they were using both Yoruba and English to teach English. You know, there are schools like that. They are teaching you English. The English teacher said his hoop. So you now use Yoruba to complete the English. You went to that kind of school. Then you are still playing. Ah. They are joking. Or they didn't even train you at all. So you got into the company as a site helper without skills. And you are still joking? No, your work is twice. More. More. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because it's the advantage you set for your children that your children will run with. There are certain things right now that if you work hard enough, your children, you have eliminated that phase completely. I remember when I had my first laptop. I was a matured man. In fact, the computer school my parents sent me to, after the first payment, 3000 for the first month, they could not continue the payment. So I lent only half. So the computer, whatever I do today with system, I learned by myself. Then I remember my children, one of their babies, I bought a system for them. Caris has had a laptop, he has had like two, three laptops before the one he's using now. You know that there's a face in his life that he does not understand. Hmm? Even some of you don't have laptop. So you know that that face that he has passed, you have not even entered it. 
you are not entered that way. Do you understand? So, the life will never be balanced. Life, no balance. Life, no balance. Now, so, it won't be balanced. It's you that have to now balance it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And there are yet people that, for my level, their own children are using Apple products. So, there is no need to just compare in life. You look at where you are, and you start taking your steps from there. Hating other people will not increase you. It will not change where you are. If you hate people, it will even worsen because you can't increase with bitterness. So, you thank God for where you are, thank God for what your parents are able to do for you, and you say, what's the next step? That's what the prodigal son did. What is the next step? He says, I will return. So, you trace your, your steps from where you are. That's what God told Abraham. He said, lift up your eyes from where you are. Look. You don't need to go anywhere to catch vision from where you are. From that batcher, catch a vision. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The first house we stayed in Boni here, there were no chairs. No chairs. Just told my wife, it's time to move. We were squatting somewhere with someone. We moved. The first house we stayed, there were no chairs. Now got plastic chairs. As I'm here, I can start from anywhere. That's the truth. If you take me anywhere, you just give me a matter of time. Because, number one, I'm not competing with anybody. That's the truth. So there's nothing like, oh, why is your life like this? Who, who are you comparing it with? There's no comparison. Because you don't know the, I don't know the advantages you have. Do you understand? I don't know your advantages. Even though I went to a village school, even, even though I went to a school in the village, my parents were teachers. That was a big advantage. Because why other children would close from school and go to the farm? At least, my parents would force me to read. So you realize that even me and those children, the fact that my, teachers, my parents were teachers gave me an advantage educationally. Imagine if I, if I was born by a farmer. I might have dropped out. I might not be preaching. I might be tapping pine wine somewhere. Or going to the farm somewhere. Maybe with like six or seven children and three wives. I would have become a chief. Do you understand that? So, what I'm trying to say is that there are advantages people have that might not be what? Obvious. You might have a strict mother. And that was your advantage. That when other children were misbehaving, he kept, she kept you from misbehaving. See, that advantage other people might not have. So sometimes the advantage in life is not always money. It might be in some little... Some of you, your parents just took interest in you. Say, you know what? All these other children, they can misbehave. But you, you will not misbehave. And that gave you what? The advantage. Some of you, your parents just took you to church. They left the other ones to play football and took you to church. And that's why your head is correct. That's an advantage. It might not look like there's so much money, but that is a... And so you thank God for that advantage. Because if you didn't have that advantage, you might not be here. Are you following this now? So responsibility. So, outline three practical steps you will take. Number one, what boundaries are you setting? What boundaries are you going to set today? Set certain boundaries. What boundaries am I setting? Concerning my finance, I won't cross this boundary. I think, I've, I don't know if I've taught you here. Maybe we're going to do a financial class for the men. But I have a percentage I work with. What is my tithe? What is my giving? What is my investment? Any money I receive, I break it into that percent straight up. Okay? I have an account. I have several accounts. I have many accounts. I have an account for the house feeding. I have an account for my giving. I have an account. So when money comes, I distribute them into that account. I don't have one account where all my money is, and that's where I'm calculating my head. What is up? No. Hmm? Have an account for your emergency savings. Those kind of accounts. No POS. There are accounts I have that until I go to the bank, I can't withdraw anything from it. I must go to the bank physically. So by the time you think of going to the bank, the desire to buy that thing has left. There are accounts that has no card. You can't just have one account and all your money is inside that account. Before you know POS, eh, just POS, 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 you are, you are gone. All you have is just white, white paper, white, white paper as proof of your prosperity. 
<laughs> what are the boundaries you're going to set when it comes to the opposite sex, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to your work and all that? What actions are you taking? Then what are you starting today? And what are you stopping? Three things. What boundaries will you set? What are you going to start today as a result of this message? And what are you going to stop? What boundaries are you setting? What are you starting? And what are you stopping? Okay, let me just give you this quickly and then we can go. You can't wait until you are motivated. Are, are you there? Three things. What boundaries are you setting? What are you starting? And what are you stopping? So you have to stop something. You have to start something. You have to build boundaries around something. Are you understanding? You see, these teachings I'm teaching you, they will make you for life. I'm telling you, they will make you. If you follow them, they will make you. Let me tell you something in this life, and I'll talk about it as we go on. There is no height you see today that is not attainable. There's no height. Let's look at this. You can't wait until you are motivated and feel like doing that thing before you take action. Do it because you have developed discipline. I want to talk about this thing about motivation. You see, life is not about motivation. Life is about what? Discipline. People lose motivation. People don't lose discipline. Hmm? Case in point, our, uh, our club has been going through trials and, <laughs> and hard times. Eh? But you see, <laughs> we have been afflicted, buffeted by all, all sides. <laughs> eh? But you see that, regardless of how bad the team is, CRO7 distinguishes himself. He might have a bad game, but you cannot fault him. You know what? Discipline. It's, it sets him apart. It shows you why he is the greatest footballer on the planet. Put him in a bad team, he will do well. Self-discipline at 37. And they are 20 year old in that team, 21 year old in that team, 26 year old in those teams that play like pregnant women. What's their problem? It's motivation. <laughs> they play for the biggest club in the world, but there's no discipline. So what I'm trying to say, whatever self-discipline you have developed follows you anywhere you go. Even if they put you in a bad space, you would still shine. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like Daniel, let everybody oppress you in that company. They will still say, this man is good. Let people hate you. They will still say, you know what? He's good. Oprah Winfrey say, excellence knows no gender. Whether you are a man or you are a woman, if you are good, you are good. Hmm? So, the problem is that we cannot depend on ourselves to feel always motivated to do things. If you wait around to feel like doing everything, then you are not going to get a lot done. Look at what Paul said, 1 Corinthians 9.27. But I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave. So that after I preach to others, I myself might not be disqualified. Look at what it says. It says, I make my body my slave. This, you have to be hard on yourself. If you leave yourself, you will sleep and not read. If you leave yourself, you will sleep with all the women in the world. If you leave yourself, you will eat all the money you have. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you go into that restaurant, your boy say, buy chicken, buy now once man, they leave. You have a job. It will go You have to train yourself. You will not pray if you only pray when you feel like. Sometimes you pray even when you don't feel like. You read the Bible when it says, and I discipline my body and make it my slave. Your body should be a slave for purpose. You make it. The body will not make itself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes you have to discipline yourself to read. You will not feel like reading. Look at this. Move your, your body from feelings to functionality. From emotions to a discipline system. Hmm? From emotions to what? Discipline system. The problem is that we can't depend on ourselves to feel always motivated to do things. If you wait around to feel like doing everything, then you're not going to get a lot done. So what you do to get a lot of stuff done is cut the link between feel like doing something and doing it. Motivation is waiting to feel like doing things. Discipline is actually doing it, even if you don't feel like it. 
So I'll give you five lines. Number one, no growth is spontaneous. No growth is spontaneous. At the same way, no failure is spontaneous. Nobody grows immediately. The same way, nobody fails immediately. The prodigal son did not, uh, he did not start being in want immediately. He had money, was spending money, was spending. So, you, you will be a sum total of your habits in the nearest future. See, we are all here now, young. Hmm? A day will come, we will all sit like this too, with white hair, and we will look back. That day will be a sum total of all our decisions today. I know, how many of you remember when you were young? Eh? So those of you who have families and children now. Like, ah, when I marry my house, I will arrange my chair like this. You see all those things you say you will do. You see that you have not been able to. You don't even have chair to arrange. You realize that there is no chair to arrange now. You just realize. You know, you were thinking your father was so lazy. Say, forget this man. Don't mind. When I marry, I will show him how to raise a house. I will park my car here. I will put it. Now. Now. Am I right? Uh-huh. No, you see, none of us grew up thinking, nobody prays for failure. Nobody prays, but you just realize that the map you were putting, that map was just in your head. You hear, hey, my children, by now, we'll go abroad. We'll do, for where? You don't even have international passports. It's not that it is unattainable, it's just that for every dream to come to pass, there's a required price. So leave the dream, focus on the price. Even what you did not dream will start coming to pass. Sometimes we wish a lot. I wish. I wish my mother was here. I wish my father was here. I wish. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying anything is wrong. Some of my people called me that would come and join Old Boys Association of our school. I said, see, see, see. All of us were in school for 10 years. It's okay. Allow us, allow us live. Right now, these are the guys I want to hang with. These are the people God has called me to pastor. Sometimes we don't like leaving some things behind. I'm not saying it's wrong, but come on. And then we're in old boy school, and then people who know me then are still stroking me with my head. Ah, they say, ah, ah, sorry, we're not saying the man of God now, big head. I, I mean, do you understand that? I, I, did you get that? Learn to cut off. And focus on the future. What are the most important relationships to me now? It's not the old boys association. It's my guys connect. This is the future for me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Putting energy in old boys association and neglecting this one is building the past at the expense of the future. Know what groups to belong to. Teachers call you for all kinds of things. Your energy is spended. You're everywhere. <laughs> It took time for the prodigal son to eat with pigs. You can fall from any height. You can grow to any height. Your daily choices determine whether you are falling or growing. God remains constant in his mercy and grace. You are the variable in the equation of life. God is constant. The results are constant. You are the one who chooses what your results will be. God cannot help you except you are making the right choices. Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 15 It says I place before you life and death Choose life That you and your sons might live See You know what No Deuteronomy 30 verse 15 This scripture is very important Deuteronomy 30 15 hmm? You know what It says choose life That you and your sons might live You know what Your choice impacts your family Your choice impacts your children Alright? I've placed before you life, prosperity, death, and adversity. Choose life that you and your sons might live. I want all of us to go back tonight and have a self examination. Sit down, put your life on paper again, and set some markers. It doesn't have to be big, just set some markers. Let's, some of us have made mistakes. Like the prodigal son, there's hope for us. Let's take another turn. Let's, 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 let's turn our life in the direction of going back to the father's house. It'll be one step at a time, but we'll get back. And you know when he got back, what happened? The father welcomed him. It's not too late to restore your life. 
It's not too late to get back. It's not too late to start reading. It's not, if you take this part before the end of the year, you'll be amazed at where your life will come to. Let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for everyone who is having access to this word. I pray that they are blessed. That, Father God, whatever decisions they make, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's strengthened. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. This is too cold for you guys, huh? Uh, Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email info at pastormax.ng or you can call 0805-888-7575 God bless you.